Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is our in-house programmer, Karen Randazzo. I feel delicate and annoyed, and I think I'm ugly. (laughs) And our hacker, Chris Randazzo. I fall into the communists. Well, they do have... (laughs) They do make a convincing argument. (laughs) We here on this week's episode talk television. And then we talk news. Our TV show for the week, Karen shows the IT crowd. Uh, specifically, episode, or season one, episode six, Aunt Irma visits. Now, a couple of questions. I have seen uh, the IT crowd a number of times, and I think it's this is the first time I ever realized, does Chris O'Dowd hurt himself in every episode? I'm not sure. Because I, wouldn't, I, 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 I would find that to be a believable statement. Because I watched this episode and then I started over again, and every episode he's bleeding. <laughs> Everyone, Karen, why yes. why did we pick this show? Uh, I picked this show. Well, partially, I wanted to jump on your bandwagon from last week of just picking a great uh, British comedy, and you did. And I did. And uh, this episode in particular, I I got into the show maybe a year ago. And uh, when I start, I had heard great things about it, so I put it on my list, and I wasn't really passionate about it one way or the other for the first couple of episodes. I, you know, I liked it; it made me laugh, but certain things about it bothered me. But this this episode was the one that made it click for me. I was like, okay, this show's hilarious, and I need to see all of it right now. It is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the the basis what the basics of the show? Yeah, uh, it's about the IT department at a uh, incredibly wacky company. <laughs> <laughs> wacky is a good word for it. Yes, wacky. <laughs> the uh, C- CEO is a guy named Denim Renum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that was his name. <laughs> I love that. Um and uh, primarily focuses on uh, the three people who work in the IT department, who are Jen, who is the quote-unquote relationship manager. <laughs> uh, she gets hired in the first episode. and uh, Under like, false pretenses. <laughs> yeah, she basically gets asked a lot of questions about her computer skills in her interview with Renum, who is nuts, basically. And uh, she, you know, embellishes, as we all do in a job interview, and uh, ends up being plunked down as the new manager of the IT IT department over uh, the two existing IT techs that are there, who are played by uh, Chris O'Dowd and Richard Iowade, um, who play Roy and Moss. And uh, they're both very special characters in their own way. (laughs) Moss is is one of those sort of... um, very strange nerds that like you know they're they're lovable but you kind of wonder how they function in society right yes and uh roy is one of those uh a a different kind of nerd who is very smart but completely lacks any ambition whatsoever they seem to be the two ends of the spectrum (laughs) exactly and he just has basically the highest level of contempt for anyone who calls the <laughs> IT department. He's he's there's a running gag throughout the first season where he picks up and picks up any call and just says, Hello IT, have you tried turning it on and off again? <laughs> 
so that's the basics. That's the, you know, those are really the only four characters. It's uh, the, the the main major characters. Uh, in this episode, we get to see Richmond, uh, who is a goth who lives <laughs> in the office. The red he, door. <laughs> he literally lives in this room that's like off to the side. Hi. <laughs> And uh, you do later in the series get to find out a little more about him, but he, he, as it stands, he's just kind of just the weird character that kind of pops up every once in a while. He was probably the only thing I didn't enjoy about this show. Really? I, I didn't think that that particular gag was all that funny. Yeah, I mean, out of context, I can see how Richmond is not really uh, a, a tr- very enjoyable character. <laughs> Uh, so I can... Sorry uh, to derail the conversation. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Uh, so I can kind of run us down. Uh, Chris, you you never saw, seen this show before. Um, no, I had not. So, aside from Richmond, how did you like it? I, I thought it was rather funny. I was um, uh, really taken aback by the live studio audience sound, the canned laughter, because uh, I don't think this was in front of a live studio audience. Um, and that is a I, pet peeve of yours, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Uh, it didn't really bug me too much in this. It was just surprising, just because of you know the way that this episode was shot, the way this show is shot is you know, it's clearly not in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> no, it's very you know it's very single uh, multi camera kind of a situation. It's a uh, but I mean other than I mean the the writing itself was was relatively funny. I I enjoyed it. I dug the characters and really when i finished watching it i thought to myself wow uh the creators of big bang theory were fans of this show uh and they really really wish that they were as funny as these guys but they're not (laughs) they they do because i i was expecting to kind of hate um what's his name a guy with the the guy with the chunk cut out of his hair. Yeah, Moss. Yeah, I was kind of expecting to dislike that character because <laughs> that's Sheldon, except funny. Like, that's how you do that character. <laughs> he doesn't have a chunk missing out of his hair. He has an afro with a part. With a part, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that the other thing that kind of freaked me out was um, when I was looking up stuff, uh, there was an American version of this show. Yes. Um, really? Avoid it. Avoid at all costs. I'm told it 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 lacks everything that makes this show work, and the only connection it that it has is basically the premise. And that dude, the guy with the part in his hair. He oh, was, he's in it. Yeah, that's that's where I started to get confused because oh, no. it was the the pic the the episode. What is it? it was only a pilot episode, right? Or. I don't really really remember how far it went, but um, he's in the show. Like he plays that, he plays the same character, I think. Oh dear. But I don't think it's like in continuity. I I, I don't know, but it started uh, Joel McHale, and it seemed like the kind of thing that could work in an American situation. Uh, I'm sad to hear that it clearly didn't, but because uh, I had also heard something people have talked about this show around me a lot over the years and i remembered hearing people say uh stay the hell away from the american version of the it crowd um but then again that what those people that said that were people that were also um you know kind of tv show snobs so and i'm not i'm doing i'm doing some quick research and i just typed in 
you know, American IT crowd. And one of the first links is Richard, how do you say Ayoade. Ayoade regrets doing the U.S. pilot for the <laughs> IT crowd. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he played a character named Maurice Moss in the yes. American version. That's, that's, that's the same. same character. That's the same character, yeah. The reason that you can't tell is when they say, they rarely say his first name on the British show, but when they do, they pronounce it Morris. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. see. How yeah, I mean, there's people here that don't suck at life. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the American version of this show, which clearly didn't go anywhere. Nope. Uh, we're here to talk about the British version, which was pretty darn cool. So Aunt Irma visits. <laughs> the weirdest reference. Like, I don't. Why Irma? I don't know. Um, I mean, I get why in America it's Aunt Flo, but, you know, British people just have to be charming. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I feel like uh, the opening scene of this episode really sets up, like, if you've never seen it before, like Chris had, and it really quickly lets you know what's going on, that this is a workplace comedy. They... <laughs> Uh, they open on a celebration where some project that was really successful and the IT team was a huge part of it as the CEO keeps talking about in his speech. But as he's acknowledging different you know, groups of employees in the crowd, it's always, and how could we possibly have done all this computer work without the accountants? <laughs> the lawyers, they cut the red tape. They cut the red tape. <laughs> And, uh, you know, everybody's standing in a circle, and so Renum runs around to, like, give everybody a high five, and Chris O'Dowd isn't paying any attention, so he just gets slapped. <laughs> I mean, that, that and that was a good slap. Like, it was believable. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you get, you, you get the point. This is the IT department. They're very, you know, have a very thankless job. Um, so they decide to... Uh, retire to the basement and uh they're gonna boycott there's gonna be a big party later and they're gonna boy they're not gonna go because nobody thanked them so clearly why should they go they don't want to be there Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. makes sense and they do uh some good comedy with jen being uh kind of irritated with them (laughs) i swear to god (laughs) and she's just talking i mean she she talks about this monkey poster that's annoying her (laughs) how is that that monkey is adorable what is he doing in goal um and they do a a fairly uh, amusing like hair and makeup dragon lady job on her that really hold on one second chris Yo, when when she shows up as Dragon Lady, who did you see? Um, I thought about the state, honestly. Honestly, oh, Akub was the first thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I mean this this whole episode reminded me of that state sketch where uh, they go out to dinner and uh, the woman's on her period and you now she has PMS. And uh, she goes crazy, and she keeps leaving. Like she leaves the room and comes back as Ken Marino, smoking a cigar <laughs> in the same dress, and okay. then eventually turns into every other cast member on the state. And okay, I PMS remember. saves the day. <laughs> great, great, great sketch. Absolutely fantastic sketch. She does. She just gets into this wardrobe change of big red hair, and it's just. It just reminded me of the bad guy from Samurai Jack. <laughs> The pr- pretty good pick. Pretty good pull. Especially with the uh, 
the voice changing effect on her. We're <laughs> having the minor conversation later on in the episode, and she still has the voice the, effect on. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, and and this whole time, like she's just like, so just you know, try you know, try to be careful around me. And he's like, oh, no problem. Immediately turns around, and he's got a hammer, and he's fixing a drawer, like oh, without missing a beat. <laughs> look at that, bam, so bam, bam. But the uh. The opportunity for her to, uh, she, she's trying to say she has a period without saying it and gives her, it gives her multiple opportunities for her to, um, Euphemisms. make up, expre- <laughs> yeah, expressions, euphemisms for it. <laughs> and Moss is just nope. not getting it. <laughs> my and aunt like- come, is coming to visit or it's my time <laughs> of the month. That, that was it. Is what it, the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's a very, very lovely exchange where, you know, Roy is on one side of him like, no, 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 come on, figure it out. I like the way um, the way he makes him realize it as he says, the first scene from Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, it's a Carrie reference that eventually gets him to get it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and his reaction is pretty priceless. Um, I, I feel like on, in... TV comedy, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunities for things like this when it refers to guys, you know, like you know, getting hit in the balls or whatever. There's just a lot of oppor- a lot of jokes to be made about that kind of stuff. But I don't, I feel like you don't see this as much of uh, reflecting women's issues. So. Well, and it could have gone horribly crude, and it wasn't. Like right, oddly, exactly. it was it was a interesting way to portray her trying to tell him I have my period. Right. Without actually saying that. Uh, so that gets sort of, you know, resolved for now. They they, they agree to, like, be uh, gentle with her. And Moss has to go off to his uh, psychiatrist appointment. In a previous episode, he uh, in order to get Jen out of a date she didn't want to go on, she he told the guy she was dead. <laughs> so the and it was a guy it was a fellow employee in the company so the company got involved and said he had to go to a psychiatrist if, <laughs> that episode was amazing as well <laughs> she's riding on the cart and her head floats by and she's screaming oh my god i'm sorry this episode anyway, that's fine. <laughs> you should you, you all should watch that episode too it's the one before this one uh so he uh he likes to he, he likes to go to the psychiatrist though because she's a hot older lady, a mature lady. So uh, she tries to tell him that she thinks he's doing much better and he doesn't need to see her anymore. And he starts making stuff up like, I have dark thoughts. And like, and just doing anything he can to try to stay in the sessions. Reading the cards off of the wall. <laughs> I've been depressed because I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, but he does end up getting... <laughs> thrown out of his, his therapist <laughs> and meanwhile Roy who is getting a snack from the snack machine by this like this one of these examples that I mean about Roy being like really smart just having no ambition is that he invented some kind of device <laughs> to hack the vending machine just to get free food uh, and while he's there and nobody else is around Renum pops up and like Gives him credit for the project that everybody was celebrating in the beginning. I may be talking loud. I'm wearing earplugs. 
Why? No explanation. <laughs> Why are you wearing earplugs? Ha <laughs> ha! I know! What? <laughs> <laughs> so they all end up back down in the uh, the basement, and uh, Roy's upset about the... Uh, he, he's feeling conflicted about the getting, you know, compliments from the boss, and Moss is upset about his therapist, and Jenna's like, what the hell's going on with you two? You're acting really strange. Um... And uh, she decides that their symptoms are, are comparable to hers. And, you know, she knows it sounds crazy to suggest, but maybe, you know, when when she works with a group of women, their cycles tend to sync up. And so maybe, you know, Aunt Irma is visiting R- Moss and Roy, too. <laughs> you must have said, no, we're men, like 47 times in this that's, episode. That's my favorite thing. Beats his chest. Oh, I'm a man, women! <laughs> And of course, Moss, being the like naive figure that he is, is like, well, maybe we do. You know, maybe there's something to this. So he ends up like googling their symptoms, and then he sends out an email to the IT community at large, <laughs> saying, like, do you? What do you guys think? Do you think we have this? <laughs> Uh, which leads to immediately like a joke website being put up with their faces like photoshopped on these old ladies' bodies. <laughs> what is, I think it was called like ladyproblems.com. Yes, ladyproblems.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the t-shirt at your local shop. <laughs> which they do. Yes. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this, this email, though, is kind of spreads throughout the IT community and eventually they see on the TV news there are riots around London <laughs> of like angry young IT professional men like they're calling it the Aunt Irma riots <laughs> and they're all like suffering similar symptoms to PMS and just like taking it out on the world <laughs> that, this is the episode where um what uh, Richmond comes out and he goes, you got to uh-huh. be careful with that information. You know how IT people are so uh, easily swayed. And he's like, no, we're not. Yes, you are. Yeah, well, you have a point. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was like nice to use Richmond for that moment and kind of then like not see him for the rest mm-hmm. of it. Looks like because he doesn't have very much to do with it. So it was good use of Richmond. Um. <sighs> So Roy and Moss, like, they're like, this is out of control. We got to do something about it. And uh, they decide that since Jen is the only one who's experienced the, these symptoms before, that if they can get her under control, then everything else will kind of subside. So Roy goes to talk to her and find out what, uh, <laughs> what, what she, what would she do? What, what, how would she relax when this used to happen in her old office where she worked with a bunch of girls? And this is where you get the conversation between Jen in the dragon lady outfit, but she's not like roaring at him. She's just like having a normal conversation, but they put the voice changing effect on her and she still has the wig and the makeup. We'd have a girl's night out. (laughs) Which is, you know, Roy being a very stereotypical man is like, that's the last thing he wants to do, but he, he feels like it's what they need to do in order to solve the problem of the episode 
So he br- he goes to bring this back out to Moss and finds him, uh, his psychiatrist has come down to see him and said that the reason that she stopped their sessions is that she's attracted to Moss. And oh. <laughs> so when Roy walks in, they're making out. Roy immediately gets upset because the, apparently the psychiatrist looks exactly like his mother. <laughs> <laughs> she's a spitting, is what he says. She, she's the spit of her. <laughs> So he brings the plan to Moss and they, they like smash cut to them at Jen's house, all three wearing like white bathrobes and with their hair wrapped up in towels, crying over steel magnolias. <laughs> uh, so this seems to be working on Jen, but Roy is really hating it while Moss is like, this is wonderful. I can't believe I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> <laughs> dirty dancing no beaches no dirty dancing i can't decide <laughs> and so roy decides that like he's had enough of this and they should they should change their girls night into a girls night out and they should you know change their minds and go to the big party that they said they weren't going to go to in the beginning <laughs> so they get all dressed up and you get a little like cutesy montage of them like skipping down the street they find the uh the little the ladyproblems.com t-shirts and they all buy them and laugh uh and they end up at the party where immediately moss runs off to hook up with the psychiatrist (laughs) and jen and roy are like let's get drunk this is ridiculous you get a uh pretty amusing montage of them all dancing yes very poorly (laughs) to the point where like you know, the party's really going when they first get there, and by the end of the montage, they're the only ones left on the dance floor. <laughs> and they did this, I think they did this periodically on the series, but they weren't too, like, heavy on it, because I think if they had gone heavier on it, it would have ruined it. Um, where they, like, insinuate that maybe Jen and Roy are going to get together. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but they do a, a little... Um, cut to the morning after for each of the characters and each of them has ended up in bed with one of <laughs> with one of the other ones so uh, Moss came home with Jen Roy went home with the psychiatrist and then after the credits you see that uh, Renum is in bed with Richmond <laughs> uh, that's basically the episode I, I will say when you go to season two there's like no mention of that made ever again like it's not like they're trying to carry that over to the next season. Like, oh, Jen slept with Moss. Now what's going to happen? They just abandon that and move on yes, with this, the show. This is the end of the season. I didn't realize it was such a short season. Well, you know, those British. Yeah, British. So, you know, there's not a lot to it. It's just completely absurd. And it's really like the jokes are laugh a minute. Uh, really keeps up the pace. I love the, uh, <laughs> I love how well it plays. Like you get to see, um, particularly Chris O'Dowd to some extent, um, Richard Iwate as well. But Chris O'Dowd does such a phenomenal job of like what it would be like if a man had PMS. <laughs> yes, and that's such an enjoyable thing for me to see. Just <laughs> for any woman, I would think, just like yes. That's exactly what it's like. I feel like we, it, when men don't understand what it's like to have PMS, just show them this episode. <laughs> maybe they would get it a little more. Very but I feel like the uh, 
the uh, the absurd the the combination of the absurdity of the workplace and like the relatable characters really makes the show work really well. Yeah, the dichotomy between the the like the two main male characters is mm-hmm. perfect. Like they are the polar opposites of each other, yet they get along so well and they play off of each other really, really well. Yeah, there uh, there are other episodes that better show the relationship between Moss and Roy, but it, it's. They get each other. There was this, there was one episode where Roy is leaving the office, and he says to Moss, "You know, listen, uh, did you shut off the soldering iron?" And he's like, "I think so." And he goes, "Well, I need you to check because you remember the last time." And he goes, "Yes, the golf outing." And he's like, "No, the fire." He goes, "Oh <laughs> yeah, the fire." I get golf and, and fire confused all the time. <laughs> So fast forward, you know, 10 minutes later into the episode, there is a fire in the office and Renholm comes Uh down to the office and to disguise the fire, they put a broken monitor around it. So it looks like a screensaver. (laughs) And of course he pops in and goes, I love your screensaver. And then just bounces. (laughs) I love the way it looks like the smoke is coming out of the top of it. It's very nice. They are very good. They play very well off of each other. Yeah, it's made me happy to see Chris O'Dowd since then be in other things. But Chris O'Dowd primarily plays Chris O'Dowd, though. Yeah. He is a very, he's a a unique character that just translates into anything that he does. He doesn't really have to do much changing or, you know, outside of, I'm assuming he he is playing himself, you know. Or or a version thereof. Yes. So. Probably has to change his clothes from time to time. Every once in a while, I would assume. <laughs> I should hope so. Um, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm probably one of the four people on Earth who watched a show uh, that was, I think it was an HBO show on called Family Tree that yes. he was on. I saw something that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> you did. I did. I really liked that show, tra- and I really he- wanted them to make more of it. He was they- traveling, right? Like go- Like looking yeah, for his family or something like that? He was. He was like, he lived in... I want to say he lived in England, even though he's Irish. Uh, but he, he decided to like track down his American relatives, and so he ended up going to America and traveling all over to meet different people that he was related to. And it was a Christopher uh, Guest project, so like just every episode he'd go and meet these like uniquely strange characters. <laughs> he's it was a very really funny guy. Really, a lot of fun. Yes, good, good, good guy, good actor, very funny. I love the show is great. One of like the most simplified intros as well. Like when you're yeah. binging this one, it's like seconds and it gets the point across, makes it funny and moves on. No long intro for this thing. Makes binge watching much that much easier. Absolutely. I will also say that um it after I think season 1 is the only season that you really get to see uh Denim Renum uh, he goes away in season two. I won't say how. Spoilers. And it is, is replaced by like I think it's an estranged son. Yes, it is. Who it is, is his son? He's like ten times weirder. <laughs> it's so friggin' great. I love that guy. When he gives him the 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 company, he says you could keep the company under one rule, not to get another lawsuit you know a sexual harassment lawsuit (laughs) absolutely father (laughs) so 
good, good stuff, Karen. I appreciate it. Bringing this back to my attention. It's it's on Hulu's, right? That's where I it's saw on it. Hulu. There are four seasons of six episodes. Uh, won't take you long to get through this. It's really a lot of fun. It's probably something that if you're, you know, in those last weeks before the fall shows start back up again, you could probably get through all of it before that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's not it's not a waste of time either. It's 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 their good show. It's very entertaining. Lots of fun. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll we'll catch up on some news. Stay tuned. With the Metroid franchise celebrating its 30th anniversary, Chris decided to count down what he thinks are the best moments in the series' history. With 30 years worth of games to choose from, it was quite a task to narrow it down. Between the baby Metroid hatching, getting the Morph Ball, the final battle with Mother Brain, and everything else, there's so many to choose from. How did he do? Read Geekade Top 10 Metroid Moments to find out. We have a new podcast, and it's all about mutants. No, not the Ninja Turtle variety, but Marvel's X-Men. Each month, Jonathan and Patty will gather together and talk about what's been going on in the world of X-Men comics, movies, and TV shows, as well as anything else X-related that may be happening out there. Are X-Men underoos back in style? You'll find out about it here. Check out Mutant Musings Episode 1, Three Girls, One Monet. Things are happening earlier and earlier every year. There are already Christmas decorations up in some stores and kids haven't even gone back to school yet. But Hunter is drawing the line at Oktoberfest in August. When your local liquor store is stocking shelves with fall beers, what summer beverages should you still be enjoying? Find out in Imbibing Scribe. Hold the line! Sports video games. We all love them. Of course we do. But Matt Sizemore probably loves them even more than you do. And he's written an entire article about it. What are his favorite sports games? How does he feel about rugby? The answers you see can be found in the Think Tank in an article called, It's in the Game. Wait, what is? Let's find out. Read it. You know you should. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our commercials. It's time to talk some news. All right, guys. Uh, Seeing as we just covered the IT crowd, I saw this article in The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Ray Romano and Chris O'Dowd, follow me on this one, are to star in the new epic TV series, Get Shorty. What? Right? You remember that movie with John Travolta back in the day? And, and, and there was a bunch of, like, I think The Rock was in it, if I'm not mistaken, as well. He played a cowboy singer. Uh, but Ray Romano and Chris O'Dowd are going to star in the reboot of Get Shorty. It's going to air on Epic. That's a channel, Epics. Um, <laughs> Ray Romano is going to play the the role that Gene Hackman was in the movie. And O'Dowd is going to be the John Travolta-esque character. Now, if I remember correctly, Travolta was like a mafia enforcer. That, that rings a bell. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, this sounds. This sounds a little like it could go sideways real quick. Yeah, uh, I think it sounds terrific. It's also saying that it's a drama. Even better. 
I remember Get Shorty being a at best a dramedy. Like I a have never dark, seen it. Dark comedy. I, I would. I, I would say a dark comedy, but I don't know. I don't know. I just saw that today. I thought it might be interesting. I get to see Chris O'Dowd because he hasn't really been doing much. Yeah. He. So, yeah. Speaking of not doing much, Stephen Hill, District Attorney Adam Schiff. Wow. Oh, sorry, Jesus Chris. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> that was a joke of poor taste, and I apologize to the Stephen Hill family. Fan community. Fan community. Um, <laughs> I don't know who this person is because I've never seen Law and Order. Eleven. So oh, I know Chris. You're making me could you wake rethink Chris up? my uh, episode choice for next week. <laughs> Crikey! Is is Criminy. Is is what I I don't even recognize him, but I know you were a big fan of this show, Chris. Yes, very much so. Important character in the show. Uh, extremely, yeah. He was. Um, uh, so let's see. There's a district attorney's. Uh, he was like the the first district attorney character, not the ADA, like the actual boss man. Okay. And uh, he was always in a bad mood, always like one foot out the door. Like they always seemed to catch him on the way to doing something. And he's always annoyed by everything. <laughs> he's just fantastic. When Karen told me the news earlier today, I was surprised that it happened because I thought he was dead already. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? 94. So, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he looked... Life. I thought he was in his like late eighties when he was on the show. <laughs> and that he, was that, like in the late eighties when he was on the show. Yeah, I mean his last episode of Law and Order was uh nineteen ninety and that was the last thing he did. He didn't yeah. act anything after that. Well he did uh, he, he was in the nineteen sixty six Mission Impossible. Yeah, I he's had quite the uh quite the career. Which he was the lead. Interesting. I was not aware of that. Yeah, well, hey, dude's a good no joke. There you go. I'm I'm genuinely saddened uh, at his passing. Uh, I guess just because I you know Stephen Hill is fantastic. Yeah, you know, the, the lot. There haven't been a lot of actors on Law and Order that I don't love, mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as I find a good way to get episodes of Law and Order, I'm gonna start suggesting them for episodes because <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows ever. Um, but unfortunately, there is there is absolutely no good way to get Law and Order episodes. There's there's not on any streaming services, and the bulk of this I've talked about this in the show. The bulk of the series is only available through the giant 380 disc set that is the complete series. Uh, but no, all seriously, the law, all the order in one box set. Yeah, the all, the be all end all, Law and Order all. Um, just like YouTube, Stephen Hill, Law and Order, and just watch this. This man takes crotchety to an art form. Like it's a whole new level of crotchety. Seriously, just like Clint Eastwood looks up to this guy for for crotchety lessons. I mean, it's just he's he's delightful. He's glorious, and Sam Waterston's character even kind of became him as uh the show got older and he eventually stepped into he stepped out of ADA and ter- stepped into the DA role. He was kind of turning into Stephen Hill and it was clearly you know intentional like that his character always idolized that. him and uh it, just, it was just great watching him turn into that and it was ah 
Law and Order is such a good show. It <laughs> needs to be brought back. It's I still can't believe that it's gone, and that SVU is still going. <laughs> but. Jack McCoy is always like one of the most, you know, nobody doesn't like Jack McCoy, much like Sarah Lee. Uh, and uh, <laughs> oddly enough, Jack McCoy doesn't just like Sarah Lee. Dude can bake a pie. And it's, I, I have to agree with Chris that uh, just the character of Adam Schiff that Stephen Hill played was like the foundation of what Jack McCoy became. And yeah. so like, he deserves a lot of credit for that. He does. I mean, I was recently at, um, some friends of mine's house. Uh, it was after long Island retro. I stayed at some friend's house and they have cable, which we do not. Mm-hmm. And it was a Sunday morning and they asked what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to see if there's a law and order marathon on because nothing would make me happier. And we watched an episode of Law and Order, and it was everything I wanted it to be. So, at a random time on a random day, you just turned on the television, and an episode of Law and Order was on. Chances are, if you turn on TNT, Law and Order's on. <laughs> uh, they do Sunday, Sunday morning, Saturday morning holidays. They do Law and Order marathons all the time. And what's great about it is, like, they don't play them in order. There's no need to play them in order. Law and Order was so brilliant because. There was very little connective tissue between episode to episode. Everything is a one-off, and the characters were just the the tools to deliver the plot. Like, there was no drama of the characters themselves, save a couple of seasons in the Benjamin Bratt era. Um, for the most part, the show was just about the court case, which is what makes all the episodes timeless. You can go back and watch the episodes from 1989 and... And they still take place in the 80s, but the episodes themselves are relatively timeless because they're about the crime, not about the characters. It's The show is brilliant. Just brilliant. And Stephen Hill, one of the founding members, um, sad to see him gone officially. He will be missed. He will. Uh, another article that I saw about um, a movie being picked up for a television series... Amazon is working on The Departed as a TV sh- series. I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw this the, today, the too. Yeah. The, the, what is it? The Departed. That amazing uh, movie with... Oh, you mean Scorsese. The Departed. Scorsese. Sorry, The Departed. Sorry, I've, I've never heard of The Departed, but I'm familiar <laughs> with The Departed. Yeah, I, I don't know how... I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about these things. I know how I feel about these things. How do you... Stop f- it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, that's not entirely true. Fargo was great. Yeah. So as long as it's that kind of approach, I mean, I... I don't don't know, know. (laughs) It's a Martin Scorsese flick. I don't know how they're going to pull that off in a television series. It Uh, can't be done. The cast was amazing. It was a phenomenal cast. I don't don't know. I don't know, but it is Amazon, so we're going to get the full season. We'll see what happens. For one thing, it's the small screen, which means it's not big enough to fit Leonardo DiCaprio's giant head on it. I so doubt. Have to get Thank you, else. honey. Thank You're you welcome. so much. <laughs> it's nice to hear somebody besides myself complaining about Leonardo DiCaprio's gigantic head. He's got a giant noggin. Um, he really and, does. And, and Strong neck muscles on that guy. <laughs> the final news article about remakes. Um, okay. We know who Rob Thomas is, right? The Matchbox like, 20 Matchbox guy 20 or the iZombie guy? No, guy? the better one. The iZombie okay. guy. And the Veronica Mars guy. Well, he is coming in the clutch f- 
for CW. Um, apparently, on the CW, the Vampire Diaries is coming to an end. So, on the CW, there will be a vampire-sized <laughs> hole that they are asking Rob Thomas to fill with an updated version of The Lost Boys. Oh, boy. Okay? Now, my first inclination was, oh, boy. But then I remembered Rob Thomas, Veronica Mars. Okay, that could work. And then I read what the, they're, they're saying about this show, what they, what they envision it to be. And they envision it to be seven seasons and covering the spans of 70 years, where each of the seasons will be a different decade, starting in the 60s, with the same cast of vampires going through each of those decades. I think, that, I think that's interesting. We'll see. I mean, is Alex Winter involved? Yeah. I don't think so. Damn. I'm then I'm out. You're out. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, out of those reboots, reimaginings, that was the only one that, that actually interested me. Uh, guess what? The, Chicken butt. The Olympics is over. Sure is. I don't know if you noticed, because apparently this... All right, two things. The closing ceremonies were adorable. Uh-huh. Okay, having the Japanese prime minister dressed as Mario to let everybody know that the, the, the next Olympics in, in 2020 will be in Japan as a closing thing, that was awesome. I thought that was a very, very good thing. You may, Agreed. You may not have seen it because the TV ratings for the closing ceremonies dropped a whopping 45% from last year, not from the rest of the watching of the Olympics, from last year's closing ceremony. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah, that seems like the kind of thing where, like, if you're there, it's cool. But, like, who cares? It's over. I, I don't know how much longer that the Olympics is 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 meant for the television. I have a f- well, I think the sporting events. Although yeah, this- the sporting events are, are, I find, interesting to watch. I feel like there's enough of an audience for that. Although, NBC, you've got four years. Well, you've got four years of the summer games. You've got two years to the winter games. Get your shit together. The coverage <laughs> this year was just awful. People are getting spoiled left and right because you had to tape delay shit so you could like air it in prime time. And it just the way they're doing it doesn't make any sense with the way the world is now. Mm-hmm. Like just stuff's going to happen in real time. I'm sorry you're not going to get prime time ratings out of it, but like just figure out a better way to do it cuz the way you did it now sucks. And that, and that's my point that they're concentrating more on ratings as opposed to the Olympics. And you're not going to get good ratings when you you keep screwing shit up like that. People who care about seeing certain things, if you're, you know, if gymnastics is on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because that's when it happens in whatever time zone it's happening in, people are going to DVR that shit. Mhm. Like, mm-hmm. just accept that. Yep. Um, yeah, and no, I, I could not possibly agree more. Although, after the um, the whole closing ceremonies thing this year, mm-hmm. people might people might stick around for some closing ceremonies. Because yeah. uh, I I don't know. I mean, that whole closing ceremony thing with uh, it was really interesting to see. Because um, it was it was very clearly something that was. 
it was designed for the television audience because it was a whole pre-taped thing and whatnot, right? Right. And the fact that it was, I'm really interested to see how uh, they're going to handle the Olympics because of how much pop culture was in this. Like this whole video uh, that they produced not only had the prime minister dressed as Mario, but it had, um, I still can't remember that cat's name, the blue cat that's like synonymous with a Japanese stuff. I have no idea. Hello Kitty? Not Hello. Oh, Hello Kitty was in that. Okay. She like it's there's like this red ball and it keeps going all over the place and there's a dancer with Hello Kitty and Pac Man is with a boxer and uh, Inazuma Eleven I think was the soccer anime that they showed like it was all this Japanese pop culture stuff and uh, Doraemon that's the name of the cat I'm ninety percent sure uh, and Doraemon helped a Prime Minister Mario get through the Mario pipe and show up in the. Uh, <laughs> at Rio, it was. I don't think I've ever seen something like that with so much pop culture attached to it. It's usually about the culture of the area, mm-hmm. and it seems like Japan is just like, no, nah, man, we're gonna just be awesome. Well, <laughs> we're just, and, and that is the culture of the area, though. Well, I mean, it is, but it's not traditional Japanese culture. It's Japanese pop it's culture. You know what I mean? Japanese it's culture. modern Japanese culture, and. I mean, you know, I, I do think it is very cool that Nintendo was kind of the prime thing there. I mean, I don't know if it was because they're one of the oldest Japanese companies, having been founded in 1889. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's 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 very cool to see that kind of stuff taking the forefront. I'm really interested to see if they're going to integrate any of that kind of stuff into, like, the settings for uh, their Olympic Games. Well, just mark it on your calendar. Four years from now. <laughs> You've got four years. Got four whatever years. I think whatever they end up doing is going to be weird mm-hmm. because Japan. Yeah, Japan is kind of weird. They do weird Quite. things. All right. Parenthood might be coming back. Did we talk about this last week? No. No, we just talked. I just announced my incredulousness in person. Yeah, it. it's not... This uh, I hesitated to throw this into one of those the mix because it's news. it's sort of like clickbaity. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened is uh, Jason Kadams, who's the creator of Parenthood, was interviewed recently and said that he was interested, that he wanted to bring the show back, that he feels like it's a possibility, that like you know there's more Braverman story to tell somewhere down the line years from now. When the characters have aged a little bit. And there was some, I think he was either on set at the Gilmore Girls or he was involved somehow. And he was finding out a lot about how they did that kind of revival. Because he thinks that style of revival where it's short-lived and uh, sort of concentrated and planned ahead um, is the kind of revival that could work for this show. Interesting enough that we're talking about this right now because... um that's kind of a, a parenthood's a great example of a TV show that was based off of a movie that turned out to be really quite successful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, it happens it well every done. once in a while. But yeah. What do I know? <laughs> so it, it, like, like Aaron said, I, it is definitely clickbaity because of the popularity of the Gilmore girls right now. And, and the first imagery is, is her like front and center. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? It could happen. I mean, there are yeah, plenty of I avenues mean, now for it to actually happen. We're we're not here trying to tell you like, oh my god, you guys, this is going to happen. But 
it could happen and it would be nice. It's a good show and it's worth worth seeing again, I think, if done right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel weird about it just because I, I genuinely feel like that's, that story was told. Like, it had an ending and it was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. So if you're going back to that well, you had better have a damn good reason. I uh, agree with you, but I also think it's a generational show. And that there were a lot of young adult or teen characters on that show that it would be interesting to see those those characters as adults and the adult characters in more of a, you know, aging uh, role. And, you know, see some of the characters the show genuinely forgot about. Forgot existed. <laughs> yeah, there's some of those to see if they, you know, write them off, write them out of existence in the uh, intervening years. Where's Hattie? Yeah, she's at college. Uh, she fell off a she's, cliff. <laughs> she's not here for this. She's busy with finals. <laughs> you just missed her. Oh, you didn't she see was her? here you a minute ago. In? She was walking out. She oh. went to get a pizza. <laughs> Didn't we have a baby? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go open a school. We're, let, let's hit our comic book section as we have in just about every episode. Uh, this isn't really television news, but someone put one of the two of you put it in there, and I thought it was interesting that <clears throat> at some point in time we're going to have a real Star Trek phaser. It just needs to get slightly smaller now. It's about the size of a, a, a semi. Um, Yo, Star Trek is a TV series. It is. That's totally it's, TV news. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I was like, oh, phaser, cool. And then I read, and it's not a phaser yet, but the guy who's working on the technology, the problem is is the elect- the, the electrical source, the energy source, is they can't make it small enough. Right now, like I said, no joke, it's about the size of, a, of an 18-wheeler. But in perspective, it started off the size of a house. So, so we're getting there. Eventually, it'll happen. Sometime in our grandchildren's <laughs> lifetime, there could be such a thing as a Star Trek phaser. <laughs> and what? When was that show set? Like I don't know the years. I don't. But it was set in the you know, not too distant future. Well, it was Star Date blah 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 blah, whatever that number was. I don't know. Um, Supergirl. There's a cute little picture on the internet where she gets to meet Wonder Woman. I think it's adorable. Um, <laughs> Linda Carter, who played Wonder Woman in the television series in the 70s. Um, she is doing a recurring role on Supergirl as the president, and I think that's pretty darn cool. I think that's great casting. I think it is. Um, I loved her in the role as principal in Sky High. She did a phenomenal job as a leader. Uh, I think they're doing right by the CW is doing right by Supergirl. We're getting a oh, without a doubt, we're getting a bunch of stuff that we like, um, and it's getting the love that it deserves. It wasn't. It wasn't. CBS was not the right place for this show. That's it's that's just the fact. Yes, water is also wet. (laughs) (laughs) This is a young person's show, and CBS is an old person's network, and that's just not going to change by them having one show for young people on it so um and more reinforcement that the musical episode will be happening episodes of flash and supergirl in the later half of the year of the season later half of this season so that's also something to look forward to of course uh just just to say quick aside uh 
The show was set in the uh, Star Trek. The original series was set in the Milky Way galaxy roughly during the 2260s. Okay. Okay. So we got so, 200 years. Yeah. We're fine. Actually, 100. Yeah, we're fine. And the last article I got, um, which I think is interesting, Hulu just poss- Hulu? possibly gave me a reason to continue to pay for it. Apparently, they're trying to do Marvel's Runaways, which is a which was a really good comic book series about teen superheroes who fight their evil parents, their supervillainous parents. Yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliant comic. Um, I, I yes, an amazingly done comic. Now the the. The good part about this, even though it is in Hulu, uh, Jeff Loeb is attached, mm-hmm. which he's the head of Marvel Television, which I makes sense, but that is the right hands to have this in, because he's, he truly genuinely cares about his, you know, comic titles. Um, it seems like they 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 got a good team going for it. We'll see if we'll see what happens. I mean, Josh Schwartz and. Stephanie Savage are from Gossip Girl and the OC, which are two very teen drama-y shows, which makes sense. Uh, executive, you know, I mean, it's it's Jeff Loeb's in there. It, it, I I trying to find a way or trying to see what they're gonna how they're gonna fuck it up. Well, I mean, what's what I found interesting about the article was that it didn't seem to specify live action. That Which gives me slight pause. Interesting. Um, I, I, I only a slight pause because uh, they just knowing how well Marvel's been doing translating their properties into live action is great. Um, but on the other on, on the other hand, I guess an animated type of series would work. But I would really like to see. This is really one of my favorite comic book runs I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't finish it. I didn't get to the point where apparently it got really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first chunk of it yeah, is the first half. Well, more than first half, but it's outstanding. It's such a, an interesting cast of characters, and I mean, it's it, it's a little bit more complicated than you know them fighting their supervillain parents. It's that they think their parents are normal people, and then they find out that their parents are supervillains, and then they all decide to to go against them and there's interesting plot twists it's it's so well written it's so interesting the way it integrated itself into the marvel universe because one thing that you may have noticed about um marvel tv is that like a lot of the marvel universe is in new york yeah uh and this was this comic did a really great had, had a really great way of explaining that where like that's all on the the east coast because the west coast is basically owned by the supervillains like it's just flat out owned um and so there's no there's no superheroes out there because they just can't be like it's like um organized organized crime on a superhero level it was it was so interesting and seeing this um I mean, first off, the interesting fact that this is not gonna be on ABC or Netflix it's like Marvel is just Sure, let's let's do it. Any network that wants a Marvel yeah. property, Marvel, let's do it. Marvel is more than ready to take money from anybody who wants to give them money. Yeah, and that's the right way to do it. As long as they're still attached, the proper people are still attached to it. Get this shit out there. 
because yeah, as long as there's quality control, yeah. then then live the dream. But this is this is a property that I would really hate to see them do bad. Like they have a great track record so far, um, so I'm gonna trust them. But this one makes me a, a, a touch nervous. Yeah, I, I I just did a little. I mean, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and for comic people, that's a name. Like he is he is well known in the in the comic book world. Uh, Even I know who that is, and I'm not a comic person. Uh, it started in 2003. I didn't realize it was that old, but it was under the Tsunami imprint, which is not Marvel proper. Mm-hmm. But then it was it it was, it was canceled after a year or a little over a year. It had 18 issues, and then the trades did so well that they brought it back a year later, which says something that you know. The fans got it to come back and did a really good job. The, the book is a, the books are really good. So I, I'm here's hoping. I hope we get some more good comic book stuff on the televisions because we just don't have enough. No, listen, <laughs> TV has been run by fucking housewives of wherever and all this reality bullshit. It's time to get some, you know, this this. Just give me fantasy and fake stuff. You the just want your Moon Knight show. I fucking do. <laughs> God damn it. Give me a Moon Knight show. <laughs> and then maybe Firefly animated series. I'd be okay with that too. So that's all I got, peeps. You got anything else you want to add? Yeah, I do. The thing that I posted, the most important news of all. Oh, I didn't pull that one out. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me... She even gave you a great segue for that one, and you just skipped right over I it. Didn't, I didn't read it. I you you you, you, you that's YouTube. Hold you on. don't need to. Re- I didn't read it either. All I know, I saw the headline, and I'm in. All right, Japan has a show about, about cat bananas because, well, it's Japan, not cat bananas. A cat banana. A cat. And there's a picture of a cat in a banana peel. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the cat's name is Bananya. <laughs> oh man, Jap- Japan's weird. Japan is weird. Yes. But you guys, this cat is so cute. It is. It's adorable. I want a banana cat. Oh my god, if you scroll down further, it looks like there are squirrels coming out of people's butts. Oh man. <laughs> oh, Japan. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, They're going to figure out a way to bring this to America and like toddlers are going to friggin go nuts. Yes. <sighs> yes, those are squirrels coming out of people's butts. Yeah, I don't think that this is a uh, I don't think this show is going to be aimed at children. <laughs> No, I'm saying they're going to make an American version of it where oh, they, like, God. adapt it. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to adapt squirrels coming out of people's right. butts, but they're going to figure it out. But they're all very, um, like, serious about it. I think there might be gerbils, um, but, like, <laughs> the news that report. one's a reporter. He's got the hat and everything. Yeah, he looks like a news reporter. And they're all still using pads and, and pencils, so they're old-fashioned reporters. Like, they don't have many gerbil iPads or anything like this that. That's true. The, and they have uh, the U.S. Capitol in the background, so this mm-hmm. is this is clearly set in America. This is this could be international. <laughs> okay, wait a second. There's definite. There's a definite Toy Story, or maybe even a little Fraggle Rock vibe, 
do it all as the banana cats remain in hiding from the humans, but appear to be content living as bananas while they're around. Yes. What's disturbing is that it seems all bananas are actually banana cats, and we simply don't know it. (laughs) Holy shit, Japan. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, Um, yes. All right, Chris, close us out. (laughs) We've all been eating banana cats, you guys. That's terrifying. Banana cats. Oh, goodness. All right, so banana cats. How do I top banana cats? I mean, if you want to talk to us about banana cats, you can mail us at mailgeekade.com, hashtag banana cat, as well as all flavors of banana cats that we have (laughs) You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page or the This Week's Episode page. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest and greatest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon... If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, like Banana Cats, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your Banana Cats on geekade.com, where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Very good, sir. Uh, I'm just going to ask you one more question. Go for it. Next week is your, your pick. Next week is my pick, yes. What, what, are, you, what are you making us watch? Okay. Let me write this Brace down. yourselves. Hold on. Brace yourselves. Dragon uh, Ball. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've decided to uh, to make you guys watch uh, my favorite YouTube show. And it's a YouTube series. And it is, in fact, Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Uh, this is a group of extraordinarily talented, funny people who have taken the ridiculousness of Dragon Ball Z and turned it into a straight-up comedy. It is... Uh, I Every time a new episode comes out, I, I literally laugh out loud at least once. And I know a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm a fan of the source material, and I'm genuinely interested to see if you guys get anything out of it. So um the episodes are relatively short so i'm going to ask you all to watch episodes 35 through 37 uh and i'll give you each a little bit of a primer before you watch your episodes so you kind of have a a basic gist of what's going on so episodes 35 through 37 or yes 35 36 and 37 okay Okay. there's a very great delivery of the line son of a whore somewhere in there Perhaps my favorite delivery of that phrase I've ever heard. (laughs) Okay. Well, stay tuned, people. Come on back because, you know, Dragon Ball. So, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. They do make a lot of good points. Good night. With the Metroid franchise celebrating... With the Metroid franchise... Why can't I say franchise? You just did. No. <clears throat> just say French fries. With the Metroid French fries covered in ketchup and gravy <laughs> and cheese. And death. <laughs> cheese. Mm. 
check out mutant whose mutant power is to be able to read things properly. Check out Mutant Musings Episode 1. Three girls, one Monet. In your local liquor... liquor. (laughs) All three of us. Yes! God damn it. That's a lie. We'll put this over here. Why is that doing that? Stop. We've lost Whoa. contact with Planet Evan. <laughs> I think Evan's lost contact with Planet Evan. I'm here. I think Evan's been replaced by Goat Boy. Goat Evan? Evan Goat. 2.0. <laughs> now with more butter. <laughs> I can't believe it's not Evan Goat. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.